Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me by Zoom today is my co-pilot, <laughs> Lil Barron. Hi there, Kyle. Lil Barron. So <laughs> we're, we're all remote once again today. We are all remote. We've, uh, we've certainly done this before, but it's also been fun to, <laughs> to be, you know, Socially distanced, but at least That's in the right. same room before. That's right. Uh, but I've been feeling a little bit under the weather, and uh, yes. I did go get a COVID test. And so far, the results have been negative. I am waiting Good. for the final results, but I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, not just yes. for me. I, I don't want For that, all but, of us. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to share it with people that I know and love either. So That's right. <laughs> anyway, I'm, uh, I'm feeling better, but my voice is a, a little bit... Um, Raspy froggy? today, but yes, <laughs> a little froggy. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Anyway, aside from that, let's set let's all set all that to the side. I, I want to ask yes. you a question. You you uh, you've probably heard about probiotics. Yes. You know what probiotics? You you've, you've kind of yeah. aware of what they are, right? Yes. Well, today I want to talk a, a little bit about probiotics, how how they're good for us, and uh, kind of what they do, and maybe more importantly, how to get them into our diet. Okay. Okay. So. So here's the thing, probiotics do positively impact many parts of our bodies. Uh, they're good for our skin and our hair, down to our gut health, which of those three things, the gut health is maybe the most important right. one. And, and connected to uh, uh, when the gut health isn't functioning optimally, the skin is often the first place to show those effects. That's according mm -hmm. to Kimberly Snyder, who's a nutritionist and a holistic wellness expert. She says, when this happens and we don't have the right probiotics in our body, we absorb fewer nutrients and that implicates Yay. our skin and our hair health as well as a bunch of our other body symptoms. So uh, if we're low on probiotics, the good news is, is that we can fix that by eating a probiotic rich diet. And so today what I wanted to do is uh, maybe talk about a few of the foods that are rich in probiotics that uh, we ought to at least consider including in our okay. overall diet. Does that sound okay? Absolutely. Okay. Now, some of these you'll recognize, some of these, well, maybe you'll recognize all of them. Some of them I did not recognize. <laughs> the first one okay. was new to me. I did not know what it was. It's miso. Oh, yeah. You know what miso is? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't. I need to go to a Japanese restaurants more yes, often. Yes, you do. Because I was unfamiliar with miso. Miso, as you know, Lil. Yes is a, a Japanese flavoring <laughs> that's made from fermented soybeans. Mm -hmm. And they say it's not only a good source of probiotics, but it adds a wonderful savory flavor to meals. Mm -hmm. So miso is actually a paste that is commonly used in Japanese soups or marinades. They use it in their mm -hmm. glazes and in their condiments. And uh, it's a great way to get your, your gut healthy and uh, by mm -hmm. association, your skin and your hair as well. So, oh, well cool. so that was one. Uh, the next one I had heard of, it's yogurt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did know about yogurt. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, they say that some foods that are fermented because they contain live microorganisms or bacteria, mm -hmm. which can be classified as probiotic. Those are things like yogurt, kimchi, sauerkraut, mm -hmm. uh, unpasteurized soft cheeses. Uh, they say that to gain any bacterial benefit from fermented foods, though, you need to ensure that you're eating the least interfered with version which means that if you're stocking up on yogurt for the probiotic benefits, you want to make sure that it has no sugar added. Oh, well, that's, that's not good. <laughs> oh, no. 
Uh, it might not taste as well, but that's when you get the most. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> the next one is raw apple cider vinegar. Oh. So I, yeah. uh, I've heard of that. I know about that. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I, I didn't consider it. Just I just hadn't thought of it as a probiotic. But it yeah, does I hadn't contain, either, really. Yeah, it contains healthy bacteria and naturally occurring enzymes that support digestion as well as gut health. Um, I, I mean, as far as like getting it in your system, I was wondering how you would go about that. Do you just take a swig <laughs> right out of the bottle? Um, they, they how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a tough swallow there. But they recommend, Lil, that you can sprinkle a little bit on a salad for a little bit. Oh. And uh, that way you can get your probiotics as well as your fruits yeah. and vegetables that way. Uh, yeah. The next one is tempeh. Do you know what tempeh is? Mm, no. That one you heard of. I, I was unfamiliar with tempeh as well. It's uh, typically from Indonesia. And it is also made with fermented soybeans. It's a probiotic. It's a protein-rich meat substitute that they use in a variety of different dishes. Soybeans are typically high in phytic acid, which is a compound that can decrease mineral absorption by the body, which is not good in and of itself. But because tempeh is fermented, phytic acid levels are lowered. And then the minerals in the soybeans, such as iron, are more easily absorbed into the gut. And that is a good thing. So huh. tempeh is something that you ought to consider. The last okay. one I'll touch on really quickly and briefly is kombucha. You've heard of oh. that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing kombucha like just show up everywhere and yes. refrigerators and grocers, uh, refrigerators at the uh, gas station when you go in to get your, your, your beverage or your treat or whatever it is. Kombucha yeah. is a drinkable probiotic treat, but it does contain, generally speaking, it does contain a lot of sugar so the experts suggest enjoying it in moderation. Oh, crud. So, have you heard, have you tasted it? Have you? Um, I have just had a little sip of it and I don't love it. Well, I don't love it either. So that's why I'm saying there is no <laughs> sugar in that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, kombucha is not my beverage of choice, but it is apparently in, uh, in moderation, it can be good okay. for you. Okay. So Lil, today's guest, is another on our incredible list of the fittest 50 over 50. Susan Ingram comes from San Antonio, Texas, where she grew up in a very active family. As a youth, she rotated from volleyball to water polo to dance and swimming, among a bunch of other sports. Her active life didn't stop as she got older. Today, she feels grateful that she can still compete in multiple sports, such as swimming, water polo, badminton, and shuffleboard at the national level. She considers being active a golden ticket to a long and healthy life, and we're grateful that she could join us today. Yes. Welcome, Susan. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much for the invi invite. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're <laughs> excited to visit with you, and uh, and congratulations on making the list. The yes. 50 over 50. That's pretty incredible. I was totally blown away by that. It was a huge, huge honor. When you look at the list of people and, and their achievements they've made, um, I, I just think it's so great to be included in that group. Well, you certainly, 
a couple of things. Number one, the list is pretty incredible. There's some just amazing yeah. athletes that are there, and you certainly fit in very well with them. You've had Absolutely. A, a lot of opportunities for some incredible success. And, and, I, and I guess I wanted to start our conversation off with that. Like your your list of sports that you've competed in yeah. throughout, <laughs> yes. throughout your lifetime is pretty impressive. Water polo, volleyball, dance. Of course, we're familiar with you here at the Huntsman World Senior Games as a swimmer. Uh, lots of records that you hold and, and whatnot. You've also done gymnastics, tennis, ice skating, basketball. Like it's it, it pretty much encompassed the whole gamut there. I did. And I think it was great. My parents raised me like that. They didn't want to funnel me into one sport um, to let me choose my way. And then I passed that same attitude towards my own children that I think to many parents, we say, Oh, you're going to be this great soccer player. And they sign them up for every camp and they get funneled in this one thing when Maybe later that's not a love for them. Yeah. And I think if you do a variety of different sports, both individual and team, with and without a ball, you develop that coordination and, and balance and things that are just lifelong that will benefit you. You don't have to be this great football player, but the skills that right. you learned on the field will take you farther. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a, uh, an element that sometimes, not, not all the time, but sometimes as parents, we, we forget that. I, I help coach a wrestling team locally here, and we try to really encourage the young men and the, and the young women that uh, want to participate in wrestling that they should be well-rounded and, and get out there and try a bunch of different sports. And uh, sometimes we, we lose sight of how valuable that can be. I've read a number of articles on, you know, if, you re if, if soccer, for example, you mentioned soccer is your sport, you know, running cross country or, or doing other sports can really benefit you uh, in the soccer area, as well as, of course, practicing the sport that you're you know, trying to emphasize in. But it sounds like you really embrace that uh, from your family and you've done the same thing with your kids. And uh, I think that that's more fun as well in the long run. Don't you agree? I do. Um, it allows you to do different experiences. You don't have to worry like, oh, should we not go rafting or you know, go golfing together or pick up basketball game. Is there, there's not a whole lot of pressure, especially if we're doing something like miniature golf that maybe we're not talented with. <laughs> we can do it. We understand the concept of a ball and angles and, right. and you know, the effort behind things. So again, I feel like that's a great gift that my parents gave me. And, you know, even you can see, even in the corporate world. So we have people that maybe don't do a sport, but how great that, with your boss or your coworkers, we're going to do a flag football game or we're going to do a pickup basketball game. You know, those are different social um, areas that benefit people, you know, even at work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, you've definitely touched on an important aspect, uh, especially in masters and senior sports, but you certainly see it throughout a, a lifetime of sport. And that is the social element. Um, right. you know, to be able to interact with people that love the same thing that you love and to learn from them and, and uh, just, you know, expand that group of, of social contact and friends. I think there's something very valuable there. Yeah, I, I think that's um, one of the better takeaways I have when I travel to either Utah or the National Senior Games is seeing those people that I haven't seen in one or two years and continue those friendships and experience what's in those cities, not just go there and leave. I really right. want to just stay there a day before or after, enjoy some of the socials that they've put a lot of effort in presenting. And we think the social thing, I think the most important thing is you're surrounding yourself with people that are healthy and have a like mind like you. 
So mm-hmm. let's just say you want to quit smoking. Don't hang out with those people that smoke anymore. Find <laughs> a different, healthier group that you want to be more like. They're supporting activities that you're doing. So you might be by yourself. Maybe you don't have a team, but those friends that you're making are still doing the same activities and supporting you um, regardless how successful you are. Absolutely. Right. There's, there's such a huge value in having that social element to be a part of sporting competition as well. Um, I, I, I listed kind of a, a number of sports that you've been involved in throughout your life. And, you know, maybe you're not currently engaged in all of them still, but I'm wondering if you have a favorite. Um, I would say no. <laughs> I love them all. Because I'm successful at it. But I enjoy being challenged. I'm, I don't mind being humble. Um, and learning new things. I went out to do pickleball and I didn't even have a racket or know how to play the game. But I'd signed up and while I was helping them take the courts, he was telling me how to play. And people around me were hilarious and I just, hey, I explained to my opponent, hey, I don't even know how to keep the score, so please keep the score for me and say it as I'm serving. Um, You know, I've done track and field. And I had to remember, like, in the shot put, not to step forward out of the ring. They kept reminding me, no, go out the back, go out the back, or you get disqualified. Um, and I think I've just enjoyed those things. And then I have things that I've been good at, the badminton or the shuffleboard or some of the basketball skills. And so those are fun. I find, I find that it's a good balance. And what I try and say to people is they're like, oh, but you're so good at swimming. I go, it doesn't matter. It matters that you came you participated, you met yeah. people, and laugh at yourself or be proud that you're like, wow, I didn't know I could actually go down and back without stopping. You know, <laughs> of, it doesn't have to be all about the medals and the records. I think it's just yeah. participating in something fun. And I, and I think there's, there's something, you know, just very powerful in that as well. Absolutely. And I think you, you touched on something that is so important, and that is the ability to be humble. And um, you know, if, if, if you can just allow yourself to do that and, and not worry about being embarrassed or whatever, how much more fun is life, right? Exactly. I, so I think I, one of the um, local stores is on their bag when you buy it. It's every day do something that scares you. Yeah. You know? mm. and the, the, it's just that, all that means is just get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And do something. Again, you'll look back at it and be proud of yourself that you tried. Maybe you couldn't even complete right. the task. But you know what? You're like, gosh, I, I tried to do that. Um, and you got over that hurdle of being scared or nervous about it. Or maybe you're actually able to do what you didn't think you could do. And that's a great life lesson that we shouldn't just quit and pull back. To go, We need to go out and experience things. And you'll, I think a lot of people would be surprised what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Now, that is true, and I don't want to discount the the power of that and the you know the the desire to try new things, and I, I love all that. But you have had some pretty significant success <laughs> in the sport of swimming, in particular, and and in some other areas too. Uh, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about um, how you get ready for uh, for a big meet. You know, in, in the sport of swimming in particular, which is the area where you do tend to, to excel? Um, I would say I do train hard. I train regularly. I try not to have excuses in my life of why I can't go to the pool. 
You know, there's days that I have great workouts and I walk away saying, wow, that's awesome. I wish I could stay in the water longer. And then there's days that you show up and you're like, oh my goodness, at least I'm going back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the training isn't always great, but you just, you, you believe in the process and the goals that you want. So three months from now, I have a certain goal, maybe where I'm going to be competing or a time that I want to do, or maybe just doing a particular distance. And I write those goals and work on those and practice. So then when I get there, I know I did the work. So I don't have to get nervous about things that might go wrong around me. Maybe the timing system isn't going right. Maybe they forgot to put me in the meet. Maybe they seated me in the wrong place. Um, or the people around me have some negative talk. All that kind of goes away because I know once I get my magic suit on and put the fairy dust on top of my head, (laughs) I'm just going to do my race that I have control over. Uh, So I think it's just trusting what you put into it because if you didn't and you're standing there on the block going, you know what, I don't think I did enough butterfly to do this 200 fly. It may not work out so well for me. Um, (laughs) But um, I think that's, like I said, just trust the training that you put the work in. Now I'm curious. Do you are you do, are you self coached or do you have someone that helps you um, go through that training process? Um, I'm a coach for my team. I have over 200 people that train underneath me, but oh. that's it. I don't have anyone to be accountable to. <laughs> well, well and, and, and in some ways, you're accountable to those that are watching you, you know, and, and yes. that you're working with. So there's certainly some yes. accountability there. But yes. uh, it sounds like you've got a, a good system, one that you probably employ with your with your students, with your team uh, that you work with. And uh, I I love what you said where it's just about the preparation. If you feel that you've done everything that you can do on the day of the meet, the competition, the game, whatever it is, you just show up and do what you've been preparing for. Correct. And I think as people get more comfortable in, in doing some of their training or the process of getting to your event, you, you let go of all the little little drama pieces that might be in your life. And if you talk to any, especially athletes that are in team sports, they'll tell you about playing in a zone. Like they don't even know why they made that pass when they did because it just is so fluid, things that they do repetitively every day, and it just happens. And, and a lot mm-hmm. of times it's good. You just get out of your head. And I'm, for me, I'm getting on the blocks, and I'm just taking that big breath as I hit the water. And then I just trust that my body's going to remember how to do that race. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you've, you've been alluding to that. My, my next question, I'm hoping you can expand just a little bit. Um, obviously, there's a lot of physical preparation that goes into competing in a sport. You've talked about getting in the pool. And some days it's there and you, you love it. And some <laughs> days it's just you just have to grind through it. Um, but there's also, especially as we've talked to the people on our list, the fittest 50 over 50, there's a, a real element of mental that goes into preparation and competition. I'm wondering if you can talk about how you balance the mental versus the physical. Um, If I keep it tight here with swimming, the mental is pushing through those days at practice that don't feel good and know that even though I'm not quite hitting my goal times, I'm still strengthening my body and still doing something good for it. the mental things as we prepare, like am I visualizing my race and knowing what that dive's gonna feel like, what's that turn gonna feel like. When I'm there at the swim meet, I'm looking at that wall again and again and again. So I'm not startled what that's gonna feel like with a new wall. I know exactly what the, the blocks feel like. Um, 
And then if you push yourself hard in practices, then it, it prepares you too for a little bit of the hurt that happens when you're competing. You know, I can't just go and go, wow, this feels really awesome while I'm racing. You know, <laughs> you're not saying full sentences at that time. You might be going, ow, ow, ow. Um, but if you push it again, if, if you've kind of hit those mile, mile markers in practice, when it kind of sets in and my thighs start to be on fire and I can feel myself breathing heavier, I've already done that in practice. So that's not startling to me. That actually, I knew ahead of time that was going to happen at this point in the race. So you're like, okay, here it is. That's fine. And then you just, you're working through it. So it's, it's visualizing your races at practice. So again, when it, it happens in the meet, then it's not a surprise. I already knew yeah. what was going to come. I think a lot of people, they go out so fast, like, what just happened to me? Well, you went out too fast. (laughs) So I think um, preparing for your races specifically will help you uh, during the competition itself. Awesome. I love it. Now, you've you've had a chance to travel uh, and and swim and in a variety of different meets. You've obviously, you've competed in the Huntsman World Senior Games. You've competed at the National Senior Games, and I'm sure there are other meets. I'm wondering if you have a favorite memory that stands out as a, a competition that you're just like, wow, this was awesome. Um, I think probably like an the open water swim that I did in Italy. If I can like reach mm-hmm. something a little different than yeah. that topic. But it was one of those races. I was exhausted from the travel and I had competed in six events in the pool. And this was just at the very end. And I actually was going to have to catch a flight at three. And I was worried about the event. Or, I mean, I had to leave where I was by three. And so I just kind of let it go. I said, okay, I'm tired. I have too much on my plate. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm not even going to put my competition suit on. And once I got there and I saw those ladies that I know and I had a race, I got really excited. <laughs> so even though I wanted to give up the race and just participate, the competitor in me said, nope, we're racing. Said, okay. <laughs> and I did all the little nuances right. There's a lot of strategy involved in open water racing. And I did all those right things. And even at the very end, you know, you're just getting it out. And I, and I think the competitor in me, if I know that I'm at your shoulder, I will beat you. That is what <laughs> I'm if I, if I'm go- If the race is going to finish in the next 20 to 30 seconds and I'm anywhere near you, I know my mental game is I'm going to beat you. So there's, I get like joy coming in. I don't worry at the end of the race because I already know I won. So it was that confidence coming in and just trusting my longer arms to touch, 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 touch at the very end and to have a great finish. Um, so I think it was the, it was the strategy and the gamemanship that occurred during the game. I mean, during the race and the results at the end. So. And did you won, you won that race? No, I didn't. So what I actually did was I got third. Okay. Um, but it, the pack of six of us, I was first out of the pack of six. Oh. Um, so you can tell how I'm talking. You, you, you assumed that I had won because I left that part out. <laughs> yeah. But I, it was such a huge achievement for me and that I want to embrace that, that bronze medal. And I think too many times, especially when you hear like the announcers watching the Olympics, Oh, she just got touched out. She only got second. He must have disa- he must have been disappointed that he had to settle for a bronze. Are you kidding me? Those are people. That's the top in the world. This person right. probably went two two seconds faster than they'd ever gone in their entire life. And I, 
And I think they almost robbed that athlete of the joy that they would receive, regardless of the place that they got. So yeah. to me, it was the race. It wasn't really how I placed. Yeah. It was how I raced it and being there in the moment and who I was racing with that great, that I really, really enjoyed. Beautiful. I love that. This, this it is isn't always about winning. It's about the race, about the journey. That, and that's well, what and, you're saying. I love that. Yeah. And knowing that you've done your best, there's, there's right. no value in that. Well, Susan, thank you. That's all the time that we have to chat with you today. But uh, man, you've, you've inspired me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you really have. So we, we wish you the best and uh, maybe yes. we can have you back another time and, and share some more yes. stories of your, your wonderful you. career. Thank you. Yes. I would love to. I love to. I know that we, I got called on because of the Utah games and I just really love the Huntsman games. The oh, area oh, is you. beautiful. The people are so welcoming. So thank you again. Oh, good. <laughs> thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Lil. Yes. We're, uh, wow. Once again, that was just, we're lucky. We're so lucky to be able to visit with these, I know. Uh, these amazing we're athletes. We're so lucky. Oh. If you were inspired as Lil and I were by Susan, you'll want to check out the Fittest 50 right. Over 50. You can find that at the50over50.com. The 50s are numbers, so it's the50over50.com. And there you can find uh, just a, a variety of athletes. The Rockingest is there and in our change makers as well. We want to invite you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We, of course, take this live show and turn it into a podcast that you can find pretty much anywhere that you find your favorite podcasts. If you like the show, don't hesitate to give it a rating or write a quick review. Every review you write makes it easier for people to find us. Lil, our inspirational thought for the day. You ready? Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready. The pain you feel today will be the strength you feel tomorrow. Very Until nice. next Thursday, stay active.